Dan and Corey here, welcoming you in to Libservative. The great fundamental issue now before our people. We, the people, cannot turn that. Yeah, welcome in to another rousing rendition of Libservative, the show of two intellectual idiots fostering political and cultural literacy for Bell the Body Snatcher. He, as always, is Corey Walsh. And he's Dan Griffin. And uh, I want to start the show by mentioning something that I think I'm going to mention at the at the open of every show until it's fixed. So probably when we're dead, uh, Flint, Michigan still does not have clean water and uh, East Palestine is still uh, basically a war zone. So that's how we're going to start each show going forward as I keep up with all of the great works of status quo. Uh, hopefully we can get one of those guys on the show here at some point to uh, talk about real shit as opposed to, you know, uh, Bud Light liking chicks with dicks or whatever the problem in the current culture is. But before we get into anything of substance, Corey, tell the people where they can find us. Libservative Podcast is found on all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com. We can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod. Our TikTok videos can be found at Libservative Podcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. Not tomorrow. Today. Absolutely today. Uh, So speaking of today, what we have coming up here on this wonderful episode we're, we're definitely going to touch on the, uh, the the situation with steven crowder i sit here and i laugh mostly at his uh at his dismay it's mostly schadenfreude certainly not at the situation at hand uh we have south carolina of all states um getting a little bit more progressive when it comes to uh, I guess you could say letting incarcerated or formerly incarcerated people actually maybe be able to find some jobs. Uh, we've got, we're going to talk a little bit about this. Uh, I guess Snopes is calling it right. And you have to take Snopes with a grain of salt, but <clears throat> some of what they're saying is actually correct. Uh, Biden's push to punish home buyers with good credit in order to subsidize those with bad credit. There's, there's some truth to that, but there's also a lot of pretty shitty information floating around about that. Uh, Corey wants to talk about a uh, black reparations movement uh, that is getting shit on by the feds. Corey, do I have that mostly right? Yeah, it sounds about right. Okay. The Judiciary Committee, uh, if we get to it, uh, looking into the ethics of the Supreme Court uh, following uh, Justice Thomas's misgivings. Uh, and we got some other stuff. Maybe talk about the Maybelline boycott, which is not the same as the Bud Light boycott, but does involve the same person. So this is going to be interesting. And also uh, the state of Idaho being the first to pass a law to outlaw uh, to outlaw out of state abortions is the way it's being portrayed. That's not exactly true. Uh, Corey, I don't even know if you looked into this. I don't know even know if we talked about it, but I've looked into this. So maybe I'll cover that one for for us. It's a it's a pretty interesting thing that's being used by the pro choice movement in ways that maybe isn't fair, but it's also a really shitty law 
because it shouldn't have to happen in the first place. Yep. However, about that one. Oh, that'll be that'll be all me. That'll be all day. That'll, that'll, be, that'll be Dan's rant. Uh, what are you consuming in the social and cultural sphere? And if you're drinking anything interesting tonight, Corey, what is it? The weather's nice today. So I'm summer enjoying shandy. myself a summer shanty. And what I've been consuming is I'm uh, all things comedy, it seems right now. I've been watching The Marvelous Miss Maisel. Just completely sucked into that. It takes a lot for me to get sucked into a show and stick with it. And this one, I think, might have me for the long haul. You're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks to you and uh, Old Sport. Am I old welcome? Top Jay. And Old Sport. Yeah, Jay. Jay Dog, <laughs> one of our listeners. And uh, I went to Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle last Saturday. Saw my first stand-up. And then yesterday, the reason why we're doing the show on Thursday is because... Your first stand-up? We went and saw Jimmy Dore together. I mean, my first stand-up at a comedy club. I'm sorry. Oh, okay, that's no, different. I'm sorry. Semantics. <laughs> Maybe not. Uh, <laughs> and then yesterday, I went to my first open mic for uh, some com- com- uh, comics. A buddy of mine from a long time ago who were rekindling a, a friendship. He uh, was doing some stand-up, went and checked that out, and it was a absolute blast. Got to hang out with a bunch of the comics and stuff, and they're trying to get me to join their cult, Dan. Mm. They were like, you got to get up there. And I was like, <laughs> all right, uh, maybe I'll give it a shot. You're gonna get to, you you got to get to the Mecca, the new Mecca, which is no longer the comedy store in L.A., now it's uh no it's 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 Joe Rogan's mothership in Austin, Texas. That's the dream. That's the dream. I'm going there next. That is no, your kidding. I'm not new going there next. Dream. I have been consuming uh the latest John Ronson podcast, The Debutante, only available on audio. I finished it in a single day. Uh if you are a a or somebody who is is interested in in conspiracies and conspiracy theories. And like, I'm talking about the fun ones. I'm not talking about like being a QAnon member, but like you like to sit and like read interesting stuff about like the JFK assassination or whatever. You're interested in them. You don't necessarily partake in them. This is a show for you only available on audio. This show is, is essentially about a, a a beautiful Tulsa, Oklahoma uh, member of the, the debutante class turned neo-Nazi turned FBI informant who some people think could have possibly prevented the Oklahoma city bombing. Uh, and it, 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 there's just loads of evidence. Uh, this isn't, this isn't new. And the, the, the podcast doesn't bring this out, but there, there's been a lot of evidence over the years that uh, Timothy McVeigh, the perpetrator of the Oklahoma city bombing, wasn't just an anti-government actor, but he was also a racist and a white supremacist. There's not really a lot to prove this, but there's definitely a lot of circumstantial evidence that suggests that that was the case. Um, and, you know, it talks a lot about uh, it, it points it points out a lot about neo-Nazis because that, that's a lot of what John Ronson was into, especially in the early 90s, when there were a lot of like these pop up neo-Nazi groups throughout the United States and often leaderless and full of clowns and people of low IQ and. Uh, but this 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 show does kind of demonstrate that maybe the white power movement is a little bit more organized than maybe we would have thought. It's it's not as it's not as organized as like the liberal establishment might tell you it is, as if it's like the 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 biggest uh, biggest threat 
to to America. It's it's certainly not that, but it's interesting to have this this pretty young girl from the debutante class in Oklahoma just become a neo-Nazi. And and she she she's uh she's she's pretty articulate and uh a lot of people try to take advantage of her and kind of move her up the movement and uh she she became uh, an FBI informant and said some things that allegedly the ATF and the FBI did not take seriously. Uh, some of that is because, the, or at least the theory is that, well, because she was a pretty woman, you know, she wasn't taken seriously by the feds and maybe could have could, could have stopped the Oklahoma City bombing. That at least. sounds like such a fed thing to do. Make yeah, a yeah. pretty woman a informant and then just not believe her. Oh, it's okay, honey. And still give her her money, but still just give her a ton of money. Oh, and dude, and there's there's a lot of actual um, recorded audio of her undercover for I believe she was working for the ATF, if I remember correctly. But she was working for 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 one of the federal organizations, and she's really fucking good at it. She's really really good at it. Uh, You can be the judge for yourself if if they had taken her seriously or did anything she said could it have actually prevented the Oklahoma city bombing? I came away thinking probably not, but it was still a, it was, it's just an interesting, you know, if you got three hours to kill on a road trip or something, four hours to kill on a road trip, the debutante only available on audio. Uh, John Ronson is fantastic. And if, if, if his little British voice wasn't the narrator of this podcast, it would not be nearly as good. Corey, I know you'll like it because you like fed stuff. (laughs) <laughs> Love me some Fed stuff. Some informant stuff. Uh, definitely a great show. Definitely definitely A plus, five stars would recommend. Mm. Anyway, shall we jump into it? Yeah, yeah, why not? I was just adjusting my camera there. Sorry. Uh let's start, let's start with Steven Crowder. Uh, because this is this is a little bit less of a I mean, it's a serious topic, but not a serious topic. Um it's, it's not a like serious it's, topic. It's not, for like his it's, wife. The war in, it's not like the war in Ukraine. You know, it's not like a globally serious topic. Um, Corey, I think I'll I'll give you a second. I know you have the video somewhere. This this yep. r- this ring video from Stephen Crowder and Hillary. Uh, I'm assuming her last name is still Crowder. Uh, Hillary Crowder, Crowder, his wife's uh, home, uh, where Stephen Crowder is absolutely verbally abusing her like let's let's not even pretend like it's anything different other than complete and utter verbal and emotional abuse from a man to a woman i've got uh you got it up there Corey. i just pulled it up yeah and so i'm sure a lot of people have seen this video but just for the sake of context we were going to play it on the show as a yeah sort of i mean I, I could use a refresher i've only seen it once so why don't you go ahead and roll that and we'll uh we'll talk about what it actually means God, uh, hello. Why is this aren't just a, you is this, playing? Is this just a bit on our show now that every time we try to play a video? Oh, this is stupid. Has it been taken down? No, it's on a sub stack. Oh, try refreshing the page. This is a disaster. This is just a every fucking time, every mess. Every time we try and roll there a video, go. there it is. Every time we try and roll a video. All right, now play. You've got to be fucking kidding me. I literally watched it right before the show. It's the feds. It's the feds because I just, I just. Page unresponsive. Perfect. 
Maybe Bell can find it somewhere else. Uh, while we're waiting for that, if one of you can can find can find a a, a, a version of this video that can actually play. Um, Unbelievable. I mean, this is this is. I mean, this was like a three minute video, right? Yeah. Of 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 Stephen Crowder's wife uh, apparently wanting to. I've only like I said I've only watched it once, so I'm trying to refresh my memory on this. Of of her wanting to like go somewhere. Like go to the yeah, store. Yeah, to go to the it's store. It's fifteen minutes. Right, right. It's but the, the it's fifteen minutes, and he wouldn't let her use the car. He wouldn't let the her video use the car. that was shared though was only three minutes. Right, like the the, the important he, parts. He claimed, and then they and then they go inside. He claimed. Yeah, he claimed uh, that she she didn't act in a wifely manner. So yes, yes. So she couldn't use the car, and yes. he was complaining. About the no fault divorce laws in Texas. <laughs> yeah, he was doing that on his show. Talk about how it should be. It yeah. has to be a uh, mutual for both people to decide to abort or to uh, yeah, <laughs> right. abort the abortion or abort the abort the divorce. Uh, abort the divorce. Abort the that is a, that is a campaign slogan if I've ever heard one. Abort the divorce. <laughs> that's gonna be Stephen Crowder's. Ah, <laughs> oh, that sucks. That's so dumb. But so so this video I'm going to be back with the video. Don't worry. Bell will find it. So so this video is Stephen Crowder berating his wife, accusing her of not perm- committing, you know, uh, the the sufficient wifely duties. Um, you know, using all sorts of abusive language, telling her to watch it when she had kind of tried to bring up the fact that he had been this way in the past. Meanwhile, this woman is uh remarkably pregnant. I mean, I don't know how with pregnant twins. she was. Eight yeah, months. yeah, with twins. And this is what, 20, 2021, I believe, was was when this video was recorded. Yeah. And, was it 2021? Uh, I think it was that long ago. It was it was a little while ago. Um, but she all she does is say things like she you can tell here's here's how here's how you know that Steven Crowder, this isn't this isn't like a one-off. This is like the first time he did this. You can tell that she in this video is absolutely trying to just get out of the situation as or and 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 de-escalate the situation as often abused women do in these scenarios because they know how these men can get if you don't try to to de-escalate. You you can see all of the hallmarks of the oh, fact that Steven Crowder has clearly at least I don't I I can't we obviously we can't speak for if he's ever been physically abusive with her but has obviously developed the behavior of being it's certainly emotionally abusive oh, to yeah. his wife. She says things like I love you, I'm leaving, I love you, I'm 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 taking the car, I love you, I'm going to the I store. I love you, I'm committed. Yeah, and then it, yeah, yeah, like why do you have to reaffirm the fact that you're committed to him? Right, you know that almost yeah. sounds. That sounds like that almost sounds like somebody who's 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 jealous and like ultra suspicious of his wife. Because there's maybe a part where there's a part where she goes. Uh, he goes uh, about a ride. She's like, "Then fine, I'll call someone." He's like, "Oh yeah, call who?" Mm. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, "Watch it, fucking watch it." And yeah, it was just absolutely gross. I to watched me, that, and I was just kind of, I was really upset about it. Actually, like I could not believe. A guy would talk to his eight-month pregnant wife with twins like that. And it all started, I guess, because the dog needed medicine. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want to give the dog medicine because she didn't want to put 
the med- get the medicine on her because it might be bad for the his his fucking kids in her belly. Mm-hmm. And he's like, put on some fucking gloves. And uh, yeah, it's, you put on some gloves and you do your job. You do your wifely duties. Do your do your wifely duties. Paraphrase Those weren't the exact words he used, but he said something about being a wife and called her disingenuous. Because she's like, I love you. And he's like, oh, yeah, I love you. I love you. And I'm like, all right, then take care of the dog. And you're like, no, I can't. That, that's I can't do that. But I love you. I think Bell might have might have the video pulled up here if he can get it to go. All right. It's at least it's coming from t- it's coming from TikTok. Oh, God, the Chinese are watching us. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> it's not working. <laughs> Anyway, um, big, big Crowder coming down on the surveillance. <laughs> all right, are we ready? Fucking it all up. Right. Yeah, go ahead. You have boundary. No, you just. Go ahead. You have boundary abusive. You were not taking the car. If you do you write with I will go take a grocery. Yeah, you know, that's just. I can't stay. What hell is my grill? I don't tell. We need to. There's music. Yeah, that ain't working. That sounds like trash. I would yeah, just he wants, uh, yeah, he wants pellets for his grill. And yeah, he's. Working? No, there's music in the background that keeps making weird noise and stuff. The audio wasn't great, but this is. You can go find it. I mean, this is. This, this thing isn't that hard to find uh, if anybody's looking for it, unless Bell can find a better version of it. But um, that's so, the only version I can find. I. Ten websites and they all became unresponsive. Weird. Uh, okay. Gee, I wonder why that See happened. If this one plays for you. Um, that one. So, what I get out of this is because the immediate the immediate thought I had was like, okay, there are going to be people. There are going to be people out there. They're going to say like, this is the poster child for like toxic masculinity, right? Like this is this is this is the patriarchy. This is what masculinity does to 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 society and my response to that is that what you what what is in this video the way he talks to his wife that's not masculinity no that's toxic masculinity no 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 no. that's not masculinity that's, that's just straight toxic because because there's there's nothing masculine about speaking to your wife or a woman that way so like, like, correct my whole point has always been like masculinity is not toxic because what masculine men do is they don't do that. And they, because they have enough confidence in themselves to uh, not treat women in that manner, not treat anybody in that manner. Because, because if you are, if you are masculine and you are, and you are confident and you are, uh, you know, and you're, you're a genuinely good human being, your masculinity doesn't do anything but provide good to the world. I don't mean to sound like fucking Jordan Peterson here, but that's, that's reality. There's nothing toxic about masculinity. The only men who behave this way are weak. The only men who behave this way are completely insecure. Now, I don't know if Stephen Crowder's always been this way or if somehow fame has has brought the insecurity out of him. Like he just gave him this big ass ego. But there's nothing there's nothing masculine about berating your wife or like you said, Corey, the the uh, the possibility that maybe he's always been kind of a jealous husband, which is kind of what this 
kind of what this video brings out, I think, a little bit. Like, yeah, like why do they only have one car? Yeah, why and why why are you why why aren't you trustworthy of your wife to go to the store? Or why watch are you what yeah, what yeah, or why are you watch it? Why aren't you trustworthy of her to get a ride from someone? Right. And the one thing I'm glad to see also come of all this is uh all of the other right wing like talking heads and the social influencers and stuff all coming out against him or whatever, like Candace Owens, you know, the Daily Wire, all these people are like, Yeah, that ain't it, Steven. When we talked about last time we talked about Steven Crowder, I defended him. Because bit. we don't give a shit really about all these other talking heads, you know, and things like that overall, because a lot of them are grifters, you know, and things like that. And uh, when he was coming out uh, with the whole Daily Wire thing of how they were trying to box him in with a uh, contract or whatever, even though it was like an exorbitant amount of money, and he came out whining about it and stuff like that, we actually were like, well, you know what? Thanks, Steven. Thanks for letting people like us know that this is what we have to look out for and things like that. And it was, it was, it was like, oh, you know, like, that's kind of cool that he did that. And then after this happens, it's like, oh yeah, nope. He's just a piece of shit. He was probably only doing that for cloud. He wasn't actually looking out for anyone like us. And now what's really funny is he's still trying to just post through it. Just get through it by continuing to post this stuff online. And uh, everyone just keeps commenting things like that's it, Steve, just post through it. You know, and like I saw this video where it was like about a uh, a protest blocking traffic, and he's like, "What would you do if this was you and getting blocked by traffic?" And people were all commenting, "I'd defend my wife." And then another person's like, "I would tell him to watch it." Because <laughs> he, like, he does every... say that he does say that a few times in the video where she's kind of about to make a point about how about him, yeah, and his in his uh his overall behavior. And his douchiness. And yeah. he goes, watch it. Yeah. Well, that's how you know. That's how you know he knows that what he's that what that the way he has behaved has been. And there's been there have there, there have been um there have been articles that have since come out. I think one from the New York Post I I saw from from a couple of days ago. Uh, uh no, that's the Daily Beast. I don't really care about that. Uh Steven Crowder uh wife rant reveals a, a, a abusive pattern. That's I mean, that's from the New York Post. That's that's a you know that's that's the Hunter Biden laptop people. These are people that are right. Yeah, right wing outlets are all coming out against them. Pretty pretty right leaning, pretty right leaning outlet. And I'm glad you brought up the Daily Wire thing because like, I mean now I feel like a jackass because while I thought at the time you know he was kind of being a, a whiny bitch about the contract, I, I appreciated what he did by kind of exposing what how the whole thing works yeah what uh, like how some of these things go especially for you know up and coming content creators so but now it's just like no dude you were you were you you are just a whiny bitch you are just a whiny little bitch who if you don't get your way throws throws a fucking temper tantrum and that's that's obviously what he does with his yeah, wife there's a clear pattern all the time he did it with the daily wire now he's doing it with uh his wife you know and another tidbit another tidbit on top of all this you know he didn't even show up to his kids getting born right yeah because he had to get a uh, titanium bar putting it put in his chest for his sunken chest right which is was an elective surgery he was yeah. fine he just wanted to look more masculine Ooh. allegedly because i did look into this there is actually a scenario where like a sunken chest can can ha can cause health problems mm -hmm. Where this surgery would be needed, the burp was for Crowder. 
But yeah, I was going to say because, but it doesn't look like that was the case with Steven Crowder. I mean, be, I mean, I mean, think about it. Think about think about this pattern. Think about the Daily Wire. Like this is the kind of guy that would absolutely not think his chest looked masculine enough and have to go get a titanium bar put into it while his fucking Jesus, twins are I being just born. Picture this guy standing in the mirror going, <laughs> you go <laughs> touching his boobs. Whenever, whenever they make the conversation like that, like, oh, it's an elective surgery, you always have to remember that there's a reason that dental is not covered by your health insurance. Mm. Yeah, always, no, that's that's true. That's a good point. Always keep that in mind. That's true. Yeah, I guess the uh, I, so, you know, I, we're not going to we're not going to sit here and act like we know why he went and got that surgery, but it no, does, that, does I mean, track. Bell makes a good point. <laughs> oh, he does. Uh, my my getting the metal put in my arm when I had my el- the my radial head and my elbow shattered. Uh I could have left it and then had a useless arm or had elective surgery to get metal put in to make it somewhat operational. That's fair. Yeah, the 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 uh the phrase elective surgery is pretty vague. Yeah. So we won't shit on him for his surgery, but but Still, we'll also shit on him, him a little bit for getting that surgery. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, and, well, and that's not even that's not even it. So, like, let's say he really did need that surgery for health reasons. Do you really have to schedule it for the time your twins are being born? That couldn't right. have waited a few weeks. Yeah, <laughs> it, you I mean or a couple months until the baby's a little bigger. Science shows us that babies typically show up about nine months after conception. Is that a fact? I think so. I haven't Google had it, any, so I don't know. I just know that nine months after me and my wife did the dirty, mm. little CJ came. The, the stork showed up. The one time you forgot to pull out. That is the one and only time. Corey's got solid swimmers. I went from thinking I was shooting straight up blanks <laughs> to super sperm. Meanwhile, the world wishes Steven Crowder was shooting blanks. That's yeah. not fair. I'm sure his kids are fine. Seems like yeah, because yeah, and you know why they're fine, Dad? Because he's not in the picture. <laughs> Mama, Mama's okay. You do it. Have you? And that's the other thing I kind of wanted to talk about regarding this, right? So, you know, there are people. There have got to be people defending him, right? There have oh, like, there are there's simps. There's like, simps all like over the simps too. in the incel crowd have got to be defending him right now. Like, wifely duties. I understand. Man, I, God, I wish I had a wife to yell at like that. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, like, oh my god. Yeah, these are these are the these are these are the same guys that are like, I'm a really nice guy. Why won't chicks fuck me? Because you're asking why they won't fuck you, you dumbass. Right. <laughs> I sure wish I had a wife to like, yell these at. are these are these are the kind of guys that get online and go, if you have to say you're a nice guy, that's an immediate red flag for any woman out there i'm sorry i'm a nice guy i'm a good guy i return the shopping cart and i don't hit my wife because <laughs> i don't have one to hit <laughs> uh, it's just reminding me of that family guy that family guy bit one night one night i i lost control and struck my wife then i realized my wife's been dead for 10 years who the hell did i hit who did i hit <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, All right. Anyways, so Steven the consensus says, fuck Steven Crowder. Yeah, Steven Crowder's a piece of shit. I'm, I'm, I'm upset I defended him in the whole Daily Wire. You know, I'm glad that he let us down 
because I think it kind of shows like where we are at. And then I think we always knew, and I think we even admitted during the Daily Wire fiasco that we all we always knew he was a turd. Like there was right. we weren't we weren't defending his character. But it just, it feels so good to never be an absolutist on anything like that. Mm. I get shit on at work by this one guy who's a big time philosopher because I call myself a free speech absolutist, and he's like, "Don't be an absolutist in anything." Well, that's, <laughs> an ab- just- that's an absolutist mentality, though. Right. <laughs> Ooh, I can't wait to tell him that. <laughs> never being an ab- never being an absolutist is being an absolutist, right? Uh yeah, but uh and like he he says things like that, but it's like in most most things we don't really dig our heels in the ground in on pretty much anything. I held on for a long time for Tulsi. And then even then I was like, "Ah, well, she's grifted." But uh it's nice to be able to go, "Yeah, no, that's I don't give a shit. You you could say i was wrong absolutely i'm not married to that opinion i still mostly support tulsi when she's not just trying to get the clout for likes she still says some very valid things the fame got to her head one more fluff piece before we get into a little bit more of the meat you want some fluff i like i'd like some meat oh oh maybe it's mulvaney maybe it's maybelline maybe it's maybelline so, so any Bud chance- Light. No, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. No, you go right, ahead. So set it up. Set it up, so, Corey. So everyone knows the whole Bud Light fiasco with uh, Dylan Mulvaney, and uh, it's looking like they kind of they uh, stepped in some shit mm-hmm. by going after by for some reason trying to relabel the whole brand of a brand that for about a hundred. How long has Bud Light been around? Regardless of how long Bud Light's been around. Uh, Budweiser Anheuser been around Bush. since Anheuser Busch been around since like what 1883 or something like that, and uh, they've cultivated this cult uh, demographic. You know the target market they have is just blue collar boys. Some of them might be rednecks. Some of them might just be workers in factories, and they've done a decent job at building this customer base. Well, they decided to try to flip that on its head completely and target a whole new demographic with cheap beer towards a demographic that I don't think like in retrospect, like when it first happened, remember me, I was like, well, you know, someone there punched the numbers and they went, all right, well, we can do this because, you know, all marketing plans have a bunch of uh, research into them and things like that. But in retrospect, liberals. And people like, you know, younger demographics, a lot of them don't drink just piss water beer. They're all drinking craft beers and things like that or seltzers. So first off, to just turn on your target demographic like that and try to uh, establish into a base that that is virtually non-existent for that product leads to a marketing disaster that Bud Light is now facing where they have they've dropped 26 percent in sales. So now, like we made, we're making jokes about it last week. They're pulling out the Clydesdale, and now they're making all of these country commercials. They got this whole summer thing, this whole summer marketing plan kicked off, and it's it's damage control. They got Zach Brown band involved. Yeah, Zach Brown. They pulled out the Clydesdales and Zach Brown. (laughs) You know they're in trouble. And uh, and like in retrospect, even though in the song "Toes" he mentions PBR. Like I have a friend at work who's like super conservative, and he's like, "Dude, he's like, it was just stupid." He's like, why wouldn't they just do it with Bud Light Seltzer? And it was like complete, like a complete aha. It's like, why the fuck didn't they do that with Bud Light Seltzer? No one would even bat it an eye. 
No, I think they would have. I don't some, think it would have been as crazy, but I think it, I think they would have. Yeah, it, maybe people probably would have been like, "Oh, go woke," but it wouldn't have been what it is right now. Like then you'd have, certain, then, you'd, then you'd have then you'd have Ben Shapiro posting every twenty minutes about like Bud Light seltzer sales are down twenty three point four percent since last Saturday. Isn't like, that insane? That Daily Wire understands the demographics of the customer base of Bud Light better than Bud Light does. No, no, I, I don't think I don't think I don't think that's crazy at all because I think I think the consumer base knows better than than whomever the wh- whatever product you're talking about does anyway. Like we know what our friends buy. Yeah. Know, so we, now they're pinning it on a ad campaign company. They're like, oh, it's this outside ad group. The CEOs didn't do didn't uh, approve of this, and they're trying really really hard to like fix their issue. And uh, we'll see if the damage is done or not. Everyone's too stupid to realize that half the beer is owned by the same company. So like their stock hasn't dipped too much. Everyone's just buying Bush or like other uh, products of theirs, even though it's the same company. But Bud Light sales themselves have dipped significantly. So another, so all that's a prelude of what's everything's going on is to the idea that Maybelline is now partnering up with Mulvaney. So to before you get and, into that, to sum up Bud Light, that is an obvious... Uh, an obvious fucking <coughs> marketing mistake. Yeah, you tried to change the brand image. Anybody should have known. You you alienated a huge a huge number of a huge amount of your customer base. And now yeah. getting into Maybelline, maybe not so much the case. So go ahead. Yeah. So now Daily Wire is on fire trying to attack this whole Dylan Mulvaney thing. Inside note, it's almost making me feel bad for this guy. The how he's just this target where I feel like. Like, like, let's be honest. Do you think Dylan Mulvaney reached out to Bud Light and was like, hey, guys, put me on your can? I bet you it wasn't. The, no. Dylan Mulvaney probably doesn't fucking drink Bud Light. <laughs> as much as much as much as she drives me nuts and I think she's a grifter. Yeah, I'm not. I am. I, I do not. Does it? Yeah, she's yeah. not at fault. She's not at fault. No, they hit her up and they're like, you want some money? And she's like, yeah, I'll take some fucking money. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so, anybody would. It's so like now and now for some reason, it's her fucking fault. Mm-hmm. And so now they're coming after her. They got they uh, smell the blood in the water. They got their teeth bared, and she's working with Maybelline. And I don't. Th- I think this one's going to land flat. And this yeah. is the reason. So the reason why Bud Light fucking failed is they tried to get rid of their customer base and create a new one. Maybelline isn't changing their customer base; they're expanding it because women are going to wear their makeup. All right. They're expanding it to include like trans people and drag show people who, who also, also wear fucking wear makeup. makeup. <laughs> so it makes complete fucking sense. It makes complete sense. But Daily Wire is just so upset about it. And I haven't seen that one. Makeup catch. is for girls, Corey. Boys don't and, wear makeup. And mimes and clowns and trans people. And <laughs> Ooh, uh, no, I, 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 okay. So I'm not saying that they're. It sounded like, like, it, to each sounded other. like an underhanded dig. It, it wasn't. That's not, was, that's not what was intended. Mimes but <laughs> there's a bunch of people that wear fucking makeup and they're expanding their customer base. Yeah. Yeah. That And the, well, that's just it. I, I don't think Bud Light was trying to get rid of the customer base that they had. They just should have been more. Uh, they should have. They should have known what the backlash from that was going to be. And they didn't. they did not do a SWOT analysis okay so when you think about Bud Light who's pissed who's who's pissed about Bud Light doing a a collab or an alleged collab with with 
with uh, everyone who drinks the beer. <laughs> no, what, what, what do you think of? I think of like middle-aged men. Not even. Yeah. I won't even say white men. I, you know, right. I'll say just men. Like, and it's weird because this might be. Of, you're right because this might be a psyche thing because this goes back to the idea that when we talk about toxic masculinity. These men Which are trying to thing, portray the themselves. These men are trying. Well, I mean, there's aspects of masculinity that are toxic, and it's this might actually. Okay, that's I'll fair. defend. I'll defend that till I'm blue in the face. All right, you, you just refuse to even put two and two together. Okay, all right, that's fair. I like that. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of men, they have fragile egos. Yes, that's you not know. masculinity. You ever been around men when someone's building a deck or painting? Every other man has something to say. You know what I mean? And they that's have an image. Right, but they have an image to convey, and none of them want to drink a beer that their friends are going to razz them over, so they're just not going to buy it. So that's why I'm getting at is this was just a bad marketing ploy. Oh, 100%. whereas Maybelline, a girl has eyeliner on, and then a trans person or a drag queen is going to go, Oh, are you wearing Maybelline? They're going to be like, Yeah, are you? And like, Yeah, your eyes look fabulous. Thanks. And then that's going to be fucking it. It's a whole different dichotomy. It, well, yeah, it's a whole different environment. That's kind of my point. Was like, like the same people that are pissed about Bud Light are going to be the same people that are pissed about Maybelline. Here's the difference: the people that buy Bud Light don't buy Maybelline. <laughs> I guess it's just the way I would sum it up. Is this not the greatest psyop you ever seen in your life? What's that? How many manly men, conservative men, are you about to watch boycott Maybelline makeup, makeup prop? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. All these guys who don't buy makeup are now going to boycott it. That's Ooh. it's the most effective boycott I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I mean, I guess to be fair, uh, the uh, the boycott of Bud Light. I mean, at least sort of worked. It's like Bud Light's going to be fine because. Something new is going to happen. In fact, because they're all drunks, because everyone drinking it's all drunks anyways. They're going to forget. Yeah, they'll forget. It's, it's that, but that's the thing. That's the thing. That, like, watch as soon as Bud Light, when all those kegs and all the beers in the bars and in the stores, all of a sudden are reaching that expiration date, and then they have a bunch of new stuff in stock, and so they mark everything half price. Watch how fast everyone's drinking Bud Light again. They will, and the thing that's the thing that drives me nuts about a place like the Daily Wire. And, and there are there are publications on the left who do this as well. I mean, they're not any better. But it's like culture war shit is so short lived. It's just like it's like a couple weeks. You know, I mean, if it lasts a month, it lasted a long time. And and what the Daily Wire does is they try to take these these culture war issues and make them last longer than they should. Right. They do to that like what we do to like Flint and. <laughs> In East Palestine. Well, by the keep way, keep it on the forefront Michigan, of everyone. Still doesn't have clean water. I'll say it again. Yeah, trying to keep shit like that on the forefront of people's minds for some reason. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, Bud Light makes you gay. Oh yeah, because you know that's what's important. We should test that theory. Crack open a Bud Light. Now, you and I, neither of us have ever really been Bud Light drinkers. I'll drink it if it's all that's there. But you know, if so, if I'm at yeah, if I'm at a house and choice. someone's like, yeah, grab a beer out of the fridge, and I'm not gonna go, ew, Bud Light. <laughs> I'm gonna drink a Bud Light, but I I I, I didn't buy Bud Light before this. He's a I didn't Miller. buy Bud you're Light a, after. You're this. a Miller man, which by I'm the way, uh, which by the way, anybody who thinks that if you can just switch to Miller, uh, Miller is owned by Coors, and Coors has been like pro LGBTQ. They've run a, a ton of pro LGBTQ campaigns for what? actually for actually a while. So you're what? not doing any better drinking Miller. Just just FYI. Just so what? You know. No, I'm just kidding. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> What beer can I drink? 
<laughs> just whiskey, brother. <laughs> yeah, I just want that Tennessee whiskey made by some old white men. Fucking so, wait, what do you mean? What do you mean there's black men involved in the beginning of Jack Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> fucking maker's mark with ma'am on the on the label. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I would buy that bottle. That would be fantastic. Just to have it, yeah. Bottle. That would be wonderful. Uh yeah, chill out. Uh this this whole Maybelline boycott, I don't this it's not gonna have the same effect. I think I think is what we're getting at is the Bud Light. Yeah. It's just give it up. You guys had your win with the Bud Light. It's we finally got them, Corey. We got, we got those. Em. We got them queers. Take that, liberals. <laughs> we got them queer osexuals. <laughs> well, that'll show them. <laughs> uh you want to move on to South Carolina? Good day to you, fellow intellectual idiots. If you're this far into the show, we're guessing that you probably like it. So we'd just like to ask you to hit pause, and on whatever platform you're listening, just leave us a quick review. It really does help us grow and gives us an opportunity to bring you even more great content in the future. And we'd also like to ask you to just press that share button and just send this episode to one friend that you think might be interested in our line of conversation. The best way for podcasts to grow in the sea of millions of podcasts really is through word of mouth. So every little bit helps, and we appreciate you all. So let's get back to the show. We're gonna we're actually gonna give a relatively conservative state its due here, uh, as we just. This is more or less uh, you and Bell. Really? Yeah, I looked into it a little bit. I don't really know much know much about it. So South Carolina has a actually. Hold on, let me pull up the. Uh, Probably should have done this before. Uh, here we go. There is a there is a bill in the South Carolina legislature that has been introduced and is now in committee, I believe, for the second time as of January 10th. So it's been out there for a while. Um, it is called the Workforce Opportunity Act, and it would prevent state agencies. I'm sorry, the state government of South Carolina and their agencies from asking about criminal history until they've until that applicant has either had an interview or a conditional offer so you know the way it's kind of portrayed in certain circles is that like it's going to be illegal in south carolina to ask about your criminal history that's not true it's just going to be when it comes to state agencies or state government state government jobs and their agencies which to me while not as good as i'd hoped still a good thing because (coughs) What are the things that we like to talk about when it comes to things that are quote unquote leftist that we support? Um, Lowering the prison population and ending private prisons. I, I think it's just the prison system in general. Like what's one of the biggest problems with the prison system is the fact is, is the fact that the recidivism rate is like 49% mm-hmm. or something yeah. like that, which by the way, I don't know if you guys knew this, but South Carolina of all of the States in the country already has the lowest recidivism rate. Interesting. So they've so, actually been like pretty pro prison. I mean, I don't know that it's probably a low bar. Like, like the, the highest state's probably like 55% and there is this like 47. I don't know what the number is, but I would imagine it's probably a low bar, but either way, they still have the lowest recidivism rate in the country. And there's a hundred thousand jobs available in South Carolina right now. Um, a decent percentage of, of them are actually government jobs. And I think the general premise of having people actually come interview 
or be given a contingent offer before you ask if they're a fucking felon is at least a good step, right? Because that's a great step. So now yeah. you can't just look at applications and go, oh, they're a felon, they're gone. Because how do you know? I mean, and, and, and you do, what, what is their felony? Is this is this a is this a murderer? Well, if it is, they're probably not out of prison. Is this somebody who made a stupid mistake when they were 17 years old or 18 years old and like, you know, stole four thousand dollars worth of electronics? Because there's still probably going to be contingencies, right? Like if some guy went to like a white collar crime for embezzling money and then goes applies for a job as a banker, you might make it all the way through. It's interesting you brought that up because the Department of Corrections is actually exempt from this bill, <laughs> which it kind of makes sense. But you can't you know, be a felon and they go get a job working on the outside, working on the working for the Inside. Department of Corrections. You know, I was going to say the same thing as you, Corey, because there's a lot of jobs out there where it's like. I probably would want to do a background check on like a, a, most ki- a guy's like a, a kid diddler. And then he goes and gets a job at uh, some YMCA being a swim, sc- swim instructor. Hell, my job. Yeah, I mean, that's true. bodies. <laughs> yeah. We're on crime scenes. We're, you know, well, I think, and I think a lot of it depends on, you know, what are the types of jobs that these people are, are applying for because you got to think somebody who's a felon yeah you know i don't don't mean to i don't mean to generalize or whatever but they probably don't have a you know an education right i'm sure they don't have college degrees uh many of them probably don't even have high school diplomas a lot of these folks are probably applying for unskilled work uh labor jobs what'd you say bill in state aid (laughs) <laughs> no for real i know it's, it's such a it's such a vicious cycle you know and oh yeah the way it's, yeah it's supposed to be time served clean slate get going but then you have this like shackle on your ankle as you come yeah. out trying to find a job and stuff well, like that and, i'll give you a great example man like i, I mean i got a buddy he, he never went to prison for it but it's like marijuana is now legal in, in michigan and you know he's busted for dealing pot and he, he, I mean, he his, his felony since been wiped, but he had a felony there for a, for a while until until uh, until weed became legal in, in Michigan. Like, he's not a bad guy. He's you know he's he's not a fucking criminal. He's 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 my best friend. He's gonna be standing up at my goddamn wedding. Like, I, I trust this guy with my life, right? He's not. But he, there were certain jobs that wouldn't Are take him seriously because he had a felony on his record. There's gonna be dope pushers at your wedding, Dan, and I'm well, bringing my son there. He's clean now. Oh, thank God. He's off the pot. He's not injecting marijuana tablets anymore. Well, to be clear, he was an idiot. He was dealing weed in a in an all white neighborhood that had with cops that had nothing else to do. And he's black. So I mean, uh, just, I'm like, I'm like, dude, you, you probably shouldn't probably shouldn't do this out of your house. This is probably a bad idea. <laughs> Whoopsie. But I mean, either way, like I would trust a guy with my life. He's one of my best friends. But yeah, for for a while, he had a felony on his record. So if I were to ever deal pot, I would do it out of Dan's house. My house might be okay. Yeah, I got good neighbors. I don't think they'd tell on me. I, they're either good or they're old. You don't know? <laughs> oh, they could be. I mean, some of them could be both. But Dan's you don't just know? surrounded by Dan's just surrounded by pot dealers. Have you never met your neighbors? I've met a lot of my neighbors. I love my neighbors. Oh, oh, you sounded like you didn't know what your neighbors 
look like yeah, for a minute. He like, did. He said they're either good or old. He knows they're, either, they're, either, they're either good individuals that are around my age or they're just old uh, as fuck. I thought you were making a guess. No, I know them. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> Easy. A lot of people don't know their neighbors these days. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is something I think every every state should consider. I agree. Um, I, I, did, agree. I didn't think South Carolina would be the state to uh, to put to, to bring this out, but I guess with them having the lowest recidivism rate in the country, in some ways, it actually kind of makes sense. They have mm-hmm. eight. It was eighteen thousand six hundred eight people locked up as of right now. Texas has one hundred thirty three thousand seven hundred seventy two prisoners. Jesus, and that and how many this, of those are on death row? Right now, not even all those people that are incarcerated in South Carolina are in a prison or a jail. Some of them are just in state state operated facilities. Does house arrest houses, count? Does house arrest houses? count as being incarcerated? Nope, it does not. Okay, nope. I wasn't sure. I have no idea. So yeah, this one's in the committee in the uh, the South Carolina Senate. Uh, if it passes, it'll move on to the House and get ratified and move on to the governor's desk. So this is one we'll I think this is one we'll keep an eye on because yeah, that's a good thing. You can't sit there and talk about how you want to you know uh, have your prison system quote unquote make people better and then never give them a job when they get out and force them to reoffend. Right. So give them a fucking job doing something. Usually unskilled labor, I would imagine. I'll bring them back to society anyway, anyhow. Really? Would you? Okay, so let me ask you guys this question. Would you guys hire a felon? Yeah. I have. You would hire a felon after you interviewed them, right? Well, yeah. Would you have Would you have any issue not knowing that they were a felon prior to giving them an interview? No, I don't think so. It really depends. You know, it really, really depends. You're just giving them a fucking interview. That's all you're doing. You're not hiring yeah. them. Did this guy? Oh yeah, because if like, oh, he has a felony. Well, I guess you know. Let me interview him. See what he's about. I'll ask him did, about it. Did he get a felony for beating the shit out of his previous boss? <laughs> <laughs> then I might not hire him. <laughs> but you don't know. But I think I think that, I think that's I think that's the point. I think it's. Oh, I I I would honestly rather if I owned a business i would rather not know about their legal history prior to because because honestly even though i'm somebody who was who was i i consider myself really progressive on you know the, the prison issue i would rather not know because it might actually affect how i conduct the interview with that person and how i feel about i might have preconceived <laughs> notions about that person Dead sitting there with a taser in his pocket just side-eyeing him the whole time mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> security they move fast and you jump. <laughs> no, but I think I think I think anybody would feel that way. Like it's 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 it shouldn't even be in your head that this person's a felon. Then if you want to conduct a background check, but at least now you know that that person interviewed well, and you never. This kind of sounds racist, but you would have never known that. They, I never would have known they were a felon. It's amazing. This colored boy came in and did an interview. <laughs> fucking, <laughs> fucking boomer, <laughs> right? Uh, anyway, good on right. you, South Carolina. Supreme Court ethically bankrupt? Are they? Can they just not be? Right. <laughs> so my qualm with this one is the fact that all of the other lower courts have like ethical standards, and yet the highest Supreme Court has the lowest ethical standards. Oh, you mean overall? 
like yeah, the overall, standards are like just the lower. standards that like what they have in place for different things and stuff like that. Because when it comes to our judicial system, like that's the backstop for a lot of shit. And in the very least, they have to at least have the appearance of being on the up and up. So, so the I Senate guess- Judiciary Committee is looking in is looking into them. And of course, the Democrats are making it a, a uh, partisan issue, but uh, they're trying to, it's mostly Democrats, which I give them credit for this, even though it is based on partisan issues, because you know, they're just going after Thomas, which makes it a fucking non-starter. But Democrats in Congress have tried for years to persuade the court to, at a minimum, adopt the ethics rules that the rest of the federal judiciary follows, and they have accused the court of arrogance and dismissing the criticism from the Capitol. That's from the New York Times. I mean, I guess my immediate reaction to this, because this is this is a little bit more your topic than mine, Corey. But my, I know, I know the basics. But my my immediate reaction to this is, as somebody who has been traditionally more liberal, which is what I am, I've become you know more libertarian over the last you know six years or whatever it's been. But somebody who's been traditionally more liberal, and I still has certainly have some liberal values. I'm looking at a conservative Supreme Court with a supermajority that I have had almost zero issue with since that has come to pass. Now, as we've talked about, the big issue is obviously Roe. I would never, if I had my druthers, it would have never been overturned. But from a legal perspective, I understand why it was. And the Supreme Court has been pretty goddamn good on most issues since becoming supermajority conservative. So, right. You could, whether you agree with it or not. Well, should they be held to a, a high ethical standard? I think they should. I guess I just haven't seen a whole lot on the whole that would suggest that they've been remarkably corrupt. And to me, Honestly, that doesn't make sense because they are held to such a lower standard that you feel like they would be corrupt all over the place. And maybe they are, and we just don't know about it and do a really goddamn good job of hiding it. But you would think that something at some point would have come out about a case somewhere. Right. And it just hasn't at this point, even even with all the shit that's going on with, with Clarence Thomas. Yeah, unless they've just been minor. So I don't know. Go ahead. That's that's my two cents based on knowing just a little bit. No, I just I I, I would like to see them be held to a higher standard. That's one of the biggest topics we have on here is corruption, self-interest and things like that. And I like code of ethics and all that stuff. I don't think it's uh, exclusive to that branch. I think it should be across all the branches. But if it's going to be some sort of partisan issue that's going to make them hold themselves to a higher standard, then I'm for it. Is there any is there any suggestion right now that the Supreme Court itself is fighting this issue? Um, no, they came out with a letter recently saying that they're going to create some new standards and stuff. So it's a step in the right direction. Again, it kind of sounds like a university investigating itself when right, like, like, like a police station or something. Yeah, like investigate stuff. So it's something to keep our eye on. It uh, it'll be interesting. I'm, so I'm I know you mentioned. I know you had mentioned that because uh, we, we talked about Justice Thomas a little bit in his in his relationship with uh, alleged neo Nazi Harlan Crow, uh, and Harlan Crow actually being involved in a case 
that yeah some company uh, he had Thomas a major stake in yeah himself from yeah when he should have and like you just he just he fucking should have <laughs> but he same, didn't same with his wife yeah so we'll <laughs> see where it goes i'm hoping that there is uh some more ethics some ethical standards put there in the courts so Corey's going to keep an eye on the ethics of the Supreme Court, and uh, I'm going to continue to take a nap. That a boy. <laughs> All right. So I uh, I have my birthday dinner coming up here soon, so I think we have enough time for one more topic. Oh no, we have too want... many. We have too many more topics. I know. Well, we have we have uh, two, three. Do you want to do good credit, bad credit? Who cares? Biden probably. What time are you going to be out of here? Eight o'clock. Uh yeah probably. All right, we might be able to squeeze in two if we make this quick. And then we got the Uhuru shakedown. We can we can save that one because that's not necessarily time sensitive. Let's let's do the uh let's do let's do the Biden homeowner stuff. Because you're okay. you're into this one, right, Corey? Absolutely, I'm into all this, Dan. I'm just so happy to be here. <laughs> I'm just glad you invited me. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there's there's been a lot. You know, it hasn't really been. Too much in the mainstream, as you would probably imagine. But um, Joe Biden, the way this is being portrayed is that Joe Biden plans to punish uh, homeowners with good credit and making them pay higher rates in order to subsidize those with bad credit. And why are they doing this, Corey? The same reason they do all of this stuff. It's all this under- is neoliberalism at its fucking finest. It's the same thing they did with the colleges. It's the same thing they've done with healthcare. I would they call focus that on, they, they focus on the uh, they focus on the equity of outcome versus the equity of opportunity. Yes. So the. The the whole premise of this is that folks that ha- are disadvantaged and have less access to credit are going to be helped out by those of us with good credit. Like it's gotten to a point now, Corey, where you're not just saying rich people need to pay more for whatever. Now, me, somebody who's a a middle class guy with decent credit, I don't know what your credit situation is or bells, but I've got pretty good credit. And if I go and apply for a mortgage right now, I'm I'll pay a higher rate than somebody who has who has who has worse credit than me. Now there, I, I'm I don't know. I haven't dug enough into this to to know exactly who's affected and how much. I've seen some stuff where, you know, those with lower credit are still going to have to pay certain rates. But the point of it is really to me is that when you try to pull those with better credit and make them pay more to subsidize those with worse credit. If that's really the situation, it's another scenario where you are, you are actually hurting the people that you're trying to help, which is what, what does that Corey, what system does that all the way throughout history? Oh, like, you mean like, like when you're doing your best to help, but you're hurting, like I said earlier with the, uh, no, I mean, I mean, when you when when you're trying to take from 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 one, and give to another to make things more even, who's oh, communism? A, what system has always fucked that up? Yes, communism. That is this this is nothing short of a communist policy. So now I'm about to tell you 
as an intellectual idiot, because I don't exactly know what I'm talking about. This is just me using logic. How this is going to hurt those disadvantaged folks that you say you're fucking helping, which you're not. So in the research that I've been able to do in the last few days, this new rule about mortgages would only apply to those loans backed by Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae. Now, you may recognize those names from the 2008 housing crisis. Okay. Oh, that's, that's for, so that should be red flag number one. Right. We're, we're not even, we're not even talking about that, but that should be red flag number one. 60% of uh, mortgages in 2020 were backed by Fannie and Freddie. So 60%, it's a decent amount, but there's still 40% of Who mortgages. are these guys? Yeah. Freddie still, and Fannie. There's still 40% of mortgages that are not backed by these two. So now you're going to, you're telling me that as somebody with good credit, I'm going to have to pay a higher rate to subsidize those that are that are more disadvantaged than me. And now what you're going to create. So what am I going to do? What am I going to do as that people, buyer? Right. And then you're also going to create a bunch of people with lower credit scores who where the credit score is like basically the premise of like, are you good with your money? Are you responsible or not? We're just going to dump $200,000, $300,000 loans in their laps and then just tell them to hope for the best. That's 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 the other thing. But what am I going to do? As, right. as, and so as, me, as, as a home buyer with good credit, I'm going to go find a fucking mortgage that's not backed by Fannie or Freddie and everybody else with me that has good credit is going to do the same. So now you're going to have all of these people with which, bad credit applying for loans that are backed by Fannie and Freddie, but you're not going to have anybody with good credit to subsidize those yep. mortgages. Yep, absolutely. I mean, is that, does that at least sound logical? I'm not saying that's what's going to happen. Not at all. And now as someone who's trying to build his credit to get a house should i just stop working on my credit so i get a better deal yeah see how you're incentivized to have shitty credit now isn't that interesting right it's just stupid and it's the neoliberalism way of like i said equity of outcome versus equity of opportunity that's more postmodernism than than neoliberalism well, the neoliberalism is, it's, it's not about like actually helping the worker class. It's just subsidizing their shortcomings. And, and, and yeah. And, and while centralizing power, that's, that's yeah. what it is. So this is, uh, like I said, we don't know the, the, uh, the, the, the specifics behind this new rule, but if, if my research in the last couple of days has told me anything, this is going to do what communism always does and fuck over the people it's supposed to help. It's, yeah, it's going to make the people that work hard not want to work as hard and then give the opportunity to people who aren't working as hard and then it's just going to get exploited and their shortcomings are going to become apparent. And I'm not knocking anyone that has, like, I, I'm, I'm in the shoes of the person that doesn't have the immaculate, like, 800 credit score. I'm in the shoes of the other person, but this is ultimately just going to hurt us as we kick the can down the road. It's well, like yeah, because if you if you if you're looking for a mortgage right now and you and you didn't know what this already was, Corey, you'd be like, oh, shit, I'm going to get a mortgage through Fannie and Freddie. Right. And, and you're talking about Fannie and Freddie, who are the uh, lenders that were the first to I believe they were the first to collapse in 2008. So it's right. like, what are we? I mean, uh, <laughs> here comes that housing crisis. All the people that are looking to buy homes are yeah, so, let's, so let's weaken the money. <laughs> let's weaken the uh, the uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The consistent payers, you know, the ones who are more reliable based on paper. 
let's get them out of here. Let's put all the people in there that uh, haven't been as responsible with their money. And let's face it, this is also a a ploy to boost the capital of Fannie and Freddie. Yeah, they think. And it might work in the very beginning until people wise up. Which is the market's going to create an alternative to where people don't have to deal with the government for it. More corporate, more corporate nonsense is what that is. They're doing this as all the banks become more centralized. So, I'm gonna, we, I'm gonna, had I'm another, gonna go. we had another bank, big bank, just liquidate. Yeah, we didn't really talk about that. But at, at the uh, at the at the, <laughs> at the risk of sounding elitist, if you got good credit and you're looking for a mortgage, make sure you know who your lender is backing is is backing your mortgage, and make sure it ain't Fannie and Freddie, because you might be paying a little bit more money that you don't need to. Uh, why? Yeah. Why? Why wouldn't I? Uh, why would <sighs> I? I don't uh, get it, man. I don't fucking get it. How? How the hell? Like this is the best we got, Dan. This is this is who's in charge of our fucking government. Mm, thank you, Joe. Thank you. Thanks, Uncle. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Uncle Joe. Hell yeah, brother. Hell uh, yeah, it, but bro. that's the thing. It's like it's not even a Joe Biden thing, man. It's like if Bernie were president, I, I, name and whoever the Democratic president were right now, whoever it were. I mean. It, it, we'd be dealing with the same bullshit. Uh, do we have time real quick for the uh, the Idaho stuff? Idaho? The uh, uh, the abortion law. I know um, you don't... I, know I don't know, know shit about this. You so don't know a lot about this. Lay it on me. I'll set it up for you because... It, give it me my, not, my uh, first take. It will not take you long to, uh, to form an opinion on this. We'll take down the banner because I don't think we have one for this one. So um, Idaho allegedly is the first state, allegedly I say, to pass a law to outlaw out-of-state abortions. That's what you're going to read in a lot of headlines. Okay. That's not exactly the case. Are there abortion laws still fucked up? Sure especially if you're pro-choice, like I believe the three of us are here at this show. Uh, but that's not exactly what's going on here. Uh, so the new uh, abortion law in Idaho prohibits adults from taking a minor out-of-state for an abortion without parental consent. Now, the way this is being portrayed is that Idaho has banned, out, banned abortions from out-of-state which there would be no way to enforce. However, when you read what it actually says, it, it bans adults from taking a minor out of state for an abortion without parental consent, punishable by two to five years in prison uh, for helping the minor get that abortion. When you think about that on the surface, it's, is it, I'll get your opinion, Corey. Is that, is that really that unreasonable? Uh, no. You know, like... First off, like you really got to think about that fucked up scenario to where that child uh, got pregnant in the first place. Yeah, not necessarily pregnant. I don't know what the uh, the rules for for consent is in Idaho, but the idea that like some adult is going to go take a minor out of state. That's not their parent. That's not their parent. And then like try to hide it from their parents. Yeah, how how often is this happening in a state that has 800 people? Right. This sounds like a, <laughs> this sounds like just a, uh, like a, a virtue signaling bill. Oh, it to totally is. Dude, that's, and that's my whole point. It, it, it totally is like, don't get me wrong. It's enough to get the liberals mad. And then, and then what it does is they get all mad about something that's non-existent. And this is the playbook of the Republicans. This is what they're doing a lot lately. They're it's like, it's like a honeypot, like a honey trap or whatever. 
they're making this bill to where it's like, we don't want adults who aren't the parents taking minors out of state. And then they're all freaking out when it's like probably not happening that often, but like trying to defend that makes you look kind of shitty. When like, if there was a scenario to where like, I don't know, because what if it was like incest? Yeah. I mean that, and that's the thing is like, how often is somebody who's not the child's parent taking them out of state to get an abortion? Because you 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 have. I don't to know. Bell might be able to find a statistic, but it's probably one that doesn't happen so often that you can't. Because you have because you have to think that like when you're talking about parents and children, they're probably going to have pretty similar political views, right? Because they're parents and children. So it's like if they're super conservative, it's like oh shit, fuck, you're fucking 15, you got knocked up. Well, whatever, that's God's baby, and you're you're the 15 year old, and you're going well. Yeah, you're right. It's God's baby. I'm just going to go ahead and have this baby, and we'll just deal with it. Or you're liberal. Your parents are liberal. Well, like, you know, we, this isn't this isn't this isn't the safest thing. We have to go get an abortion. Like, how often is somebody taking a child that's not their kid out of state to get an abortion? Right. How often is that really happening? And like, and and I'm not I'm not here to defend Idaho. Is it happening law. enough to where they think they have to make a bill, or is this just something that, to put a notch on their virtue belt? I gotta believe that's what it is. It cannot be happening that often. And and I have to. I have to say, like, I'm not defending Idaho's abortion laws, but like, I just I think in the grand scheme of the abortion debate, this is so not as this is this is just such a it should be a non issue. And the thing that made me upset about it was the way that it was portrayed. That's the only thing that made me mad about it. That's the only thing, because it was portrayed as. Idaho bans out of state abortions. That's. It's not exactly true. It's not what they did. Yeah. It's not exactly what they did. Yeah. The the sensationalized headline. Now, let me just, let me just make real clear. Idaho's abortion laws are, I believe the strictest in the country. They have a six week ban, um, which, which is like the, the whole um, Greg Abbott situation in Texas that allows, that allows citizens to sue if they found, if they find out that somebody had an, an illegal abortion. Um, but the, the, the more interesting story coming out of Idaho isn't even that Corey, the more interesting story coming out of Idaho, Idaho is because their abortion laws are so strict. You are having a mass exodus of OBGYNs out of Idaho right now to the point Perfect. where people in women in Northern Idaho are having to drive an extra hundred miles just to get basic OB care and, oh, gy- and, and gynecological care. And like that's the, that's the whole point of this, right? This is this is the thing we talk about all the time on the show, which is even in the most conservative states, the outright ban of abortion is remarkably unpopular. Yeah, so that's what I was going to ask next is uh, these are all passed by the legislation after these Republicans getting voted in. This isn't based on like put to the people. No, and one of them was it one of their abortion laws, which I think is basically it's it's close to an outright ban. I forgot what it is, but it was a trigger. It was one of those trigger laws. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and the, in the in these 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 pro life these pro life conservatives just keep pushing it. They just keep pushing it, and even people that are mostly conservative are okay with some form of abortion some form of access to abortion even if it's just for health issues and 
to the point where you have people, you have OBGYNs and you have nurses in Idaho that are leaving the fucking state. Like it's, so it is a mass exodus. There you go. Way, way to really hurt your own people for a virtue signal. It's yeah, just now, fucking stupid. The now none, just now none of your involved. women, now none of your women in Idaho have as easy access to OBGYN care as they did prior to Roe being overturned. Right. And it's, it's just so stupid. Like, and again, like I'm not, I'm not a person who wants to shit on someone who believes that that is a life, that, 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 that there is life in that womb. And like, and they really think they're being, someone's being murdered when there's an abortion. I don't give a shit when citizens are protesting in front of a Planned Parenthood or trying to offer people help as an alternative to versus get them getting an abortion. I'm fine with all that. But using legislation and the muscle of the government to try to restrict any one of their freedoms is just absolute garbage. Yeah, I look at it the way you ever heard the you ever heard the Jim you guys Jim Jeffrey fans, right? I bet you I bet you Bell is. I bet you Bell loves Jim Jeffries. The Australian comedian? Yeah, I know who he is. I fucking hate Jim Jeffries. He hates Jim Jeffries. Well, he had one great joke. Or at, I least, know. at least one that I think Bell would agree with, which is like, uh, don't like gay marriage? Don't marry a gay person. It's the yeah. same way I feel about <laughs> it's the same way I feel about abortion. Yeah. If you don't like abortion, don't fucking have one. All right, here's here's the statistic for you. About 980,000 abortions occur in the United States every single year. That's a pretty high number compared to previous years, but no, it doesn't no, matter. it's been trending down. Like look it up like 91, 92, uh, it's like yeah, 91, 92 million or something like that. Since yeah, Roe it was it trended down. All right, well, obviously. No, since um, I'm, I'm sorry, since Roe was passed, it had trended down, not since it was overturned. Um, okay. Yeah. Less than 4% of abortions in the United States are from people 18 and under. Less than how many? Say that again, Bill. 4%. 4%. Yeah. So that's nationwide. Imagine just in Idaho. There's like 12, there's like 12 girls that need an abortion, and a half of them needs to needs to leave the right. state without a parent to have one right now. It's absurd. I'm going to see how many abortions occur in Idaho, Idaho as a whole. 14 that's my guess. Over under 14 and a half. <laughs> I feel like it's a fucking Michigan basketball spread. Over under right. 14 and a half. <laughs> uh, what a mess. It's just, uh, I just, I'm so sick and tired of the government just trying to legislate our lives. And it's, a, it's virtue signaling legislation, too. That's yeah. what's bullshit about it. Like this idea that only liberals virtue signal. Fuck you. They do. They do often. But conservatives do the same bullshit and their whole thing. That's the, that's the thing that has always bothered me about conservatism is how how far fucking behind the curve they are on just what's popular and what's not popular with with the general. Public. I'm not here to be popular, Dan. I'm here to just push principle. No, you, you can. And that's the thing is like you can sit there and you can talk about if you're a Christian conservative and talk about all the wonderful virtues of Christianity. And I'll sit there and I'll listen to you. Like I honestly, since my mid twenties, I'm a lot more interested in biblical teachings and how they relate to life philosophically. I'm not a Christian. I wouldn't call myself a Christian, but like, yeah, Christian values make sense to me. And when they talk about them, I go, and when these conservatives talk about them, I go, dude, everything you're saying makes sense to me and applies to my life in most ways and applies to society and culture in most ways but when you take it to the point of 
stepping on rights and the ability to receive medical treatment, your Christianity can can fuck off. Does that make sense? 0.2% of all the abortions in America happened in Idaho. 0.2%. What a non-issue. I'd be pissed as a uh, as a Idahoan. And then what? how much? Hold on. How much of that 0.2% was some was a young girl that it was a minor girl that needed to be taken out of state by somebody oh, that wasn't parent? Probably non-existent. 1500 <laughs> total abortions in 2020. 2021. 1500 so, total. I would say probably less than 10 of those girls were minors that needed to be taken out of state by somebody that wasn't their parent. You hit your spread, Dan. Look at you go. <laughs> where's the where's the DraftKings on abortions? I should have taken I did I took the under. I what did I say? 14 and a half. I took the under. <laughs> we have no way to prove this, but I think I <laughs> I think I, that would have been a good spread. Vegas would have would have had that would have been some good odds. Well, all right, Vegas, boys. Vegas would have made some money. Corey's got to go. But before I wash you my do, hands of this filth. Before you do, Corey, uh, tell the people where they can find us. The Absurdive Podcast is found in all social media and podcast platforms. Our website is libservativeshow.com, and we can be found at Libservative on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitch. Instagram and Twitter at libservativepod, and our TikTok videos can be found at libservativepodcast, and you can reach out directly at libservativepod at gmail.com. Subscribe today. And tell a friend. Podcasts uh, spread best through word of mouth. So we appreciate all those. That's listeners. right, Dan. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead and doing that. Before I leave you, just remember, Flint, Michigan still doesn't have clean water. And East Palestine, Ohio is still a fucking war zone. Let's not forget that. For Corey Walsh, I've Dan been Dan Griffin. Griffin. Bell the Body Snatcher. I fucked that all up because I screwed up our whole end of the show routine. <laughs> this has been okay, Conservative. Dan Griffin, Corey Walsh, Bell the Body Snatcher. We're, uh, we're fucking out of here. Peace. We the people cannot end that.